0: And the Louisville Cardinals are the 75th NCAA college basketball champions. And Rick Bonito, with the five of and confetti, has won his second national title. Oh my goodness! Donovan Mitchell! And Mitchell takes middle. Gives it to Adele. Soars for two. Wow! Snyder trying to go by Adebayo. He does, and he lays it in. Adebayo had no chance to stay in front of Quentin
1: Snyder. Snyder knew it.
0: Jackson keeps it again, trying to stretch to the edge. What a hurl by Jackson! Highlight real touchdown! Lamar Jackson does it again. Jackson, oh. Jackson look out! Makes a cut! Why not spin in for another touchdown? Unbelievable. He has seized this national stage and made a strong, early, early Heisman statement.
1: The winner is Lamar Jackson of University of Louisville.
0: Welcome to the CardinalConnect.com Podcast Network, your number one source for Louisville Cardinal Athletics. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of the Cardinal Connect Podcast 2.0. I'm your host, Gabe Diverge, and for this Derby Week edition of the podcast, I've invited an old friend that, that you may know uh, who is one of the better uh, handicappers, horse guys that I know of, um, Chris Hatfield. Chris, how are you doing today, man?
1: Doing well, man. Uh, enjoying the Derby. Yeah. Uh, getting ready um for another another exciting derby hopefully
0: absolutely and i'm sure a lot of the listeners have seen your writing around you know you've written for several um louisville cardinal related websites and all kinds of other things but i know you've been working on some unique stuff of lately is there anything you want to tell you know i don't want you to reveal anything you don't want (laughs) to reveal yet but you know what have you been working on lately
1: no i've kind of been off the grid a little bit lately um doing a little bit more things uh outside the line of sports um right, getting right. this music writing so that's awesome um yeah. it's been kind of interesting but some really exciting stuff coming um going to be covering some of my favorite artists uh as far as the music goes so i'm really excited for the future um, i'm glad that you can grab me back into the sports realm for a little bit but
0: uh I'm, yeah we, you know we were talking I, I asked chris to join us and he's like man i haven't been in sports in a minute so it's great to have you back in the sports time and i know derby is a special time for you as it is me so it was great to bring you on uh, for this in particular and and i you've been telling me about what you're working on so definitely be on the lookout because uh it's going to be really. I'm really excited to see what you're what you're doing, and I think people will, you know, especially in this area, and uh, just fans of music in general will really like what's coming from you. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. All right. So basically today, as I mentioned, you know, it is Derby Week. Uh, We're recording this uh, sort of late, you know, Thursday, so or uh, Wednesday. Uh, so Derby is tomorrow. It sounds like it's going to be terrible weather. Uh, then of course Oaks on Friday, and and the big event on Saturday. So. It's a lot to get to in terms of that, but before we got started in terms of derby talk, I wanted to hit a few quick topics that are just going on in the realm. Um, Obviously, the NBA playoffs is the biggest story probably in sports right now. Uh, We're here in in the conference semifinals, eight teams left. But I know Chris and I, we were kind of talking about what we wanted to mention. And you mentioned in particular, Chris, that you were just particularly inspired by hashtag playoff LeBron showing up. <clears throat> Um, absolutely in game one against their and the Raptors they just completed game two and just one but you know beer gate man like talk to us about beer gate how, how did that how did
1: I, that... You, you know the the LeBron the playoff LeBron thing has been something that I've slowly adjusted to as right. a Kobe Stan oh, um, <laughs> not wanting to really throw that throw that uh i guess that torch to him but it's it's the most beautiful thing in the world um lebron has absolutely zero fear of the raptors
0: uh, and it's
1: it's absolutely amazing um (laughs) the the whole the whole grabbing the beer thing on the sideline was probably one of my favorite things that i've seen in sports and honestly the most disrespectful thing that i've seen in sports and I absolutely love it
0: no, you know, that's the thing about playoff LeBron is not only is he just reaching that level, and I'm like you, you know, I kind of, especially when LeBron went to the Heat, it was not an easy adjustment for me. I had to, you know, kind of had to get over that. But just when he, in the past couple years, I think last season when he just was talking trash to Steph Curry after every block, it was, you know, he just gets into this zone of just like fun that uh, I don't think a whole lot of other people get to. Yeah. And, it's...
1: And, and here's the thing. That I guess what came out today is uh, addressing that, I guess that was Great Lakes Brewery um, <laughs> that was trying to kind of a profit Cleveland, on that. A
0: Cleveland classic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And he uh, subtly noted that they were the same brewery that tried to profit on him leaving Miami, um,
0: oh, calling crazy. it like
1: a, like a loser brewery or something like I didn't that. So see
0: that. That's hilarious.
1: To to take a moment out of his time during uh No Twitter Lebron, uh lockdown LeBron, playoff LeBron, um to take Sick a moment out LeBron. of that it, yeah. <laughs> is absolutely beautiful and I and I love everything about it.
0: Yeah, that was a ton of fun. And, uh, you know, also moving on, different NBA playoff story. I think a lot more people locally have obviously been watching uh, the Celtics series, Celtics versus Wizards. You know, even UK fans obviously really support John Wall. But the story to me, obviously locally, you know, being a Louisville fan, it's the case. But Terry Rozier has just really come into his own in this series. I was just taking a look at the stats. Adam Himmelsbach, who obviously used to be the uh, beat writer for the career journal for Louisville, now writes for the Boston Globe, covers the Celtics up there. He had a few stats that were just incredible in the playoffs, Terry Rozier. He's plus 29.5 every 100 possessions. He's shooting 42.9% from the field and an astonishing 45% from three. And Chris, he's really becoming the player that every Louisville fan thought he could be
1: absolutely and, and the most striking thing that kind of uh stands out for me uh at least what i've what i've heard and i haven't really double checked this stat but what i've seen reported is as of today no turnovers in the yeah. postseason no, that's which yeah. which was a thing you know that was kind of a thing at louisville um he would have four or five turnovers a game uh, despite his i mean great play for most of the time but that to me is the biggest thing that's translated to the nba becoming that guy that can come off the bench and just be the guy you need him to be, you know, not make a lot of mistakes and and just just be supportive and and score and and make the right decisions and that's that's what you need to do in the league.
0: Absolutely. And it's you know, I think it's pretty clear that I don't think that Terry Rozier can ever be the superstar on an NBA team, but he will be a hell of a sixth guy, a hell of a third, you know, second point guard for anybody, um, you know. And and it's it's going to be really interesting given the Celtics where they are in the next couple of years, what happens to him, because yeah. he's a guy that is an asset right now and he's proving yeah. himself. I wouldn't be surprised to see him dealt this summer, just because the Celtics are so deep at guard already and are going to add a few guys. So it's going to be fascinating. Um, you know, this is this is a big playoffs for him.
1: Yeah, and and honestly, my thing is, uh, I kind of, I kind of have my doubts about Terry. Uh, I really won't lie because it, yeah. it, it took a, it took a little bit him for it to get in that row, and him kind of solidifying himself in that position bodes well going forward. Whether it's wealth of Celtics or anything, I think you can finally say that he's going to have a legitimate long career whether that's with the celtics or or, you know wherever
0: right and that's really exciting and you know given how you know how little success louisville players have had on the next level it's definitely and obviously that's a model that you saw donovan mitchell trying you know that he's exploring and um i think is is it bodes well for the future of the program and just in general so it's exciting to see that and the last thing i wanted to kind of poke at is kind of a sadder you know kind of thing um a lot of news and there were some rumors and um things floating around about teddy bridgewater and the vikings um but of course the news came out earlier this week that the vikings would not pick up teddy's fifth year meaning that at the end of this season he will be a free agent um obviously business wise this seems to be the most business best business decision for the vikings right. but you know uh, I, th- I, I I'm sure I speak for you, Chris. You know it was really tough to see.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I don't think anyone can fault the Vikings. Right. Um, right. You, you're looking at a guy who probably six months ago, and even to this point, people are unsure whether he's even going to play in the NFL again. And obviously, I mean he he's progressing well, um, and hopefully that's that that's going to change. Well, I mean, there's there's several quotes from the beat writers of the Vikings of. Talking about how he's progressing, working as hard as you know Adrian Peterson did, but it's it's a much different thing when you become that guy that nearly entirely lost his leg by a right. lot of reports. Yeah. Um, that's that's a totally different situation. But you know, uh, Teddy's Teddy's a fighter. He's a he's a different guy. Um, you have a lot of guys that come through Louisville um, that that play football, and there's a lot of other things going on in their life, which is great, but. Teddy's uh, the thing that always stuck, always stuck out to me is Teddy is during college, you know, guys were were going out, kind of enjoying the limelight, and Teddy is at Olive Garden. No, absolutely. Um, <laughs> and and he, he's been that guy through the NFL. It's it's just been football for him. So if there's one guy you think that's going to be able to, you know, manage that situation, it's it's Teddy Bridgewater. Um, so it's it's still bleak, but yeah. Uh, you can only really have good thoughts going forward, regardless. You know, if it's if it's with the Vikings or who knows. I, I mean, I, I know I'd love to see him in a Miami Dolphin uniform in some uh, crazy <laughs> dream, but uh, uh, yeah, um, it's it's a tough situation. But I, I think it's it's hard not to look at it and say that you know whatever whatever situation comes out of it, he's going to find a way to be successful.
0: Absolutely, and and you know you definitely you covered. Um, Teddy and you were around, uh, you know, while he was in school, so you know better, uh, you know, just as well as anyone. You know, Teddy Bridgewater's had the the odds stacked against him several times in his life. And, Absolutely. And, and I think if anyone can overcome this, it's him. So I'm, you know, hopeful. Um, and seeing what the next steps for him are, I, I hope he gets on the field this season. It sounds like that's in doubt. Um, in a lot of ways, and I completely understand if that doesn't turn out the way it is, but someone else is going to take a chance on him. Um,
1: yeah, I, I think I think you kind of look at it two ways. Um, I, I don't know that t- during that draft there was a – a lot of places that Teddy could have gone, and right. it, it seemed like uh, Minnesota was one of those most unlikely. Honestly, during that during the draft, because he, you know, Johnny Manziel was obviously drafted before him. Um yeah. there were a lot of few teams that could have took positions on Play him. Balls, so I, right, yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I, I, I just find it hard to believe to that whether it's with the Vikings or not that he won't find a spot to be successful. Um, absolutely, just just knowing. Knowing Teddy and his resolve, um, it's hard not to for me to think that he won't.
0: No, you're absolutely right, and, and also Calvin Pryor, uh, similar position, didn't get his contract picked up. The Jets uh, did draft um, Adams out of LSU for their first yep. pick. So he'll he'll kind of be in a similar position, I think sort of the same kind of thing. He'll find somewhere, hopefully he'll land. It might not be a starting position, but he's proven he can play. Um, you know, he kind of was in a bad situation in the Jets. I think I've been telling people lately the Jets and the Bears are the new Browns. Like, they're just um, – <laughs> Yeah, <so. laughs>
1: when, I mean, with, with, the, with the Bears situation, you know, I <laughs> – you can to step back here for a second, but when you you're drafted and then you go to a Bulls game and get booed a week later, <laughs> I mean that's that's just such a rough that spot. Was, like, I could
0: not believe when I saw that, you know, and and it it just it, I I couldn't believe I heard today that um they brought that the that the Bears had their draft party. And they uh they brought Mike Glenn into like, Hey yeah, Mike, come to the draft party, <laughs> meet the fans and didn't tell him, Yo, we're gonna draft <laughs> We're gonna draft Trubisky during this draft, and you're. What's such a
1: Bears thing to do? You're gonna uh, hang out with these and, fans, and I think you're. I think you're totally spot on with the the Bears Browns. I, I don't really know what's going on there. No, it's, um,
0: <laughs> that's uh, I, smarter men than us have have tried to figure out what's going on with the Browns. So we yeah. probably should just leave it there. Um, but you know, as we've been mentioning, it's Derby week, the most exciting time in the city. Um, my favorite Derby like quote is when I was in high school, uh, you know, I, I, worked on a project with a friend about Derby and this old dude just like randomly told us that like the difference between going, you know, like being in Louisville for the derby and like being outside of Louisville for the derby is like being in an action film and watching an action film and it's just like sure. it's just being in the center of the universe for 24 hours that's what derby is here so chris you know you've always been a huge derby guy if you follow you know if you follow chris on social media he's always talking about it i know yeah, he's he's been super excited. So, you know, I kind of just wanted to talk a little bit about, like, what Derby means to us before we really kind of get into it. So
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think people truly outside of the state of Kentucky can really grasp uh, the significance of the Derby, um, it really, until you intend it. You know, I think the special Absolutely. thing about it is you, you don't have to be a sports fan, you don't even have to be someone that's certainly into horses, but it's there's a there's a buzz in the air.
0: No, um, absolutely, it's,
1: it's palpable, and you know you can feel it. Um, there's there's cer- certain venues, I suppose, you can feel that. Um, you know, Final Four uh, for me, I feel that. Um, right, right, I, definitely. I haven't really been to a event outside of that Super Bowl. Been to that, and you, you kind of feel it there. But the Derby's just just different. You know, the build up for it. Um, The people that surround it, I find it funny that you always have journalists that cover it that are from totally different spectrums um, that cover basketball, they cover football, they cover baseball, and they come to the Derby and they come to write about it. Um, And that that really should tell you enough uh, with how special of an event it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, just a few things I've learned in my short time. You know, I'm not from Louisville originally, but I've just fallen in love with horse racing and derby and Churchill. Um, But, you know, the the thing about horse racing that's so incredible and the derby in general is just the stories. And just like you said, that's why people come is the stories. You know, it's this grand event, but like on a human molecular level. It's just about people doing interesting, great things. Yeah, I mean, you've... It's like it's, you, it's so. It, it, it's always a great story.
1: Yeah, you've got you've got trainers that are uh, multimillionaires that have several horses and they've done this road before and They're they've Bob you
0: Bafferts. know <laughs> yeah
1: and Todd Pletcher and you know uh, guys that have done the show before. Then you have guys that have spent their whole life um, waiting for this moment on that one horse on that one moment and it's all decided and. <laughs> two minutes um, everything that they built up for and if their horse comes in eighth or if their horse comes in first or if their horse comes in last it's still a lasting moment that you know they're gonna <laughs> cherish the rest of their life and I think that's what's very unique about it
0: no absolutely and you know the tradition of Derby is like so rich, uh, as we've been talking about. And I know you in particular have always had a real fondness for Hunter S. Thompson, who obviously you know the goat rider from Louisville, and, absolutely. And, and and his his work about Derby and um, you know I always try and read that every year, uh, Derby Deca and Depraved. It's um, it's just it's a tremendous piece of work. Highly recommend that and. You know, it, it's there's just something special about the stories that are told sure. in, in every level.
1: Yeah. I, I think the cool thing about, uh, you know, Hunter S. Thompson covering the Derby is one of the first guys that comes to the Derby and doesn't focus on the horses, yeah. doesn't focus on the trainers, doesn't focus on, you know, even the event, but Absolutely. more the people. And <laughs> that's kind of the beautiful aspect of it because there's this whole subplot of, uh it's a struggle for me to put it in words. I mean I think anyone as journalists look at stories and particularly in sports because it, it tends to get a little bit saturated, but you look at it um, and you want to find that that off the grid story and that's the people of Louisville um, and their admiration for this event. Um, and no, and Hunter so uh uniquely covers that like he like he does anything.
0: But yeah. No absolutely and, and you know it's like you said, it's so hard to kind of communicate that outside of this area a lot you know i have a lot of family from out of town and i'm always like you gotta come to derby and i'm like yeah mm-hmm. it seems fun and it's just i don't think they get it yeah <laughs> i don't think anyone yeah. gets it yeah unless... i'll be
1: i'll be going to uh the derby with my with my lady friend and she's of from course. ohio and and doesn't really you know
0: understand the gist time? of
1: it yeah we'll yeah. Be,
0: well, yeah it'll
1: be her first time and i and i'm trying to explain to her that when you get there um, you will kind of feel why well, it feels a little bit different. Um, honestly than anything you've ever experienced in your life.
0: No, um, because it's just such a unique you know culture clash of, of all different kinds of people and, and and just a celebration of something unique. It, it can't be it can't be quantified. you know, I was like, oh, yeah, let's just talk about Derby and it's just like it's hard to just talk about Derby
1: because it's yeah, such well,
0: a unique and special thing.
1: One of my favorite things—I um, mean, I've wrote about it before—but right, right. one of my favorite things is you—you you have guys that are that are millionaires that are, you know, high stature in Louisville. Um, probably Mr. Papa John's himself. The Papa. Is very is favorable <laughs> right now in the Louisville community, but uh, you have those type of guys that are intermingling with you know people that live in Section Ace housing and parking in their lawn, um, yeah. and they're paying them to to have a space. <laughs> on their home for a little bit and I, I've always found that aspect fascinating. Yeah,
0: there was a yeah, there was a really good article today in the Courier I saw about some guys who, who always park cars and the preparation for getting parking lots ready on people's front lawns. Yep. Uh, go check that out I, I don't remember who, who wrote that but yeah that's out there. All kinds of you know, stories. Just that's the underlying. Um, mm-hmm. but you know getting to getting to the race itself, obviously we had the post um, the post position draw today at eleven um and uh kind of the big thing i took away from it chris was the favorites really getting the the positions that they wanted and the positions that you yeah. want to see for favorites
1: yeah. yeah here's here's the one thing that does bother me about the post positions is there yeah. are a lot of people out there that say it doesn't matter oh, um no. <laughs> it, and it absolutely amazes me um it, yeah. you you cannot tell me that a horse coming from you know, the one hoe closest to the rail that has to pretty much be facing the rail when they take off um, has the same chance as a 14-hoe 14, 14 right. or the 13-hoe or the 12-hoe. It's, it's essentially like saying you go down 2-0 in an NBA series and, and you know, um, you still have a chance, but it's, it's a lot more difficult.
0: The odds are um, against you. <laughs>
1: yeah, a- absolutely. And I, I've always kind of find it fascinating people that people have knocked that off. But, you know, today uh, in particular, I don't think it really changed anything because you have a, you know, 50 to one shot and a 30 to one shot and the one and the two. So and then you have the few favorites and in, in, in some reasonable positions. Yeah, so just, uh, just
0: going through really quick. Yeah. The the um, the morning line favorite classic Empire. Um, is is going off at four to one in the morning line. Uh, he's in the 14 hole. McCracken is in the 15 hole at five to one. You know the the 15 hole over the past 20 years, they have had five winners out of that hole, so that's that's been a pretty good spot. And then the the third the tied for second favorite Irish War Cry at the six at the excuse me the 17th spot. Um, those were the three top favorites, and and, and they got pretty good spots <laughs> so i yep. um, always dreaming also another another top favorite five to one in the five hole so you know none of the favorites got the you know the 19 to 20 the one of the two so it definitely worked out to their agreement and I always hate picking favorites you know I don't know how you feel about these kinds of things Chris but it seems like they're sort of a you know kind of a a group of four or five horses you know the four I've mentioned and then kind of the rest of the group and and, and, you know it's like that a lot of times in Derby. but it just i find it i find it really difficult actually looking at this race and not seeing one of these top four horses winning
1: yeah i I mean it's tough for me um because this year there's been a little bit less of a a buzz about a a premier horse yeah Um, and and then you kind of have that whole play with the rain um possibly being a factor and then you also have that underlying theme of Four years in a row, there's been a favorite to win, so it, it, it's tough to say. Um, I mean, my pick going into um, going into the week has been Irish war Cry because I think he's one of the fastest horses, and I, I think he's going to be on a decent price. He's, he's right. beat Classic Empire um, in one race. It's been a little right. while back, right. but uh, um, he's kind of been one I'm looking at, but I'm almost pushing more and more to find one that's off the grid. But, um, no,
0: yeah, I Completely agree, and and you know there are some options, um, you know, kind of everywhere. But you know, it's like you said, you know, um, and 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 even the four the four favorites that I've mentioned, they each have they each have a lot of strikes against them in different ways. Um, you know, as you as you just mentioned, Irish War Cry is coming off that Fountain of Youth performance that looked terrible, and no one understands what happened there. Right. The Kraken had you know had the the crack in his hoof. Um, you know, a few weeks ago, looks like he's going to be all right. You know, everyone's got issues. Um, you know, and, and it kind of is all, you know, you can always go back to the fact it's a 20 horse race. Anything can happen. Um, you know, a lot of things go out the window, especially when there's potential weather involved, you know, it looks like it, sure. it's going to rain at some point. I don't know if it's going to be enough to turn it into slop. Um, we we don't have a whole lot of understanding. Of, it might even be after the race, uh, so we'll, we'll that's that, you know that's something to keep in mind when you're taking a look at the you know taking a look at the at the box. But it, we'll, we'll have to see.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you have a few horses that have won in off tracks. Um, yeah, McCracken is one of those horses. Right. Classic Empire is even one of those horses. But uh, there's a rating system and. Can't, the name escapes me of the rating system, but it it kind of uh, goes back to history of the horse, um, what they've been bred to do, okay, um, yeah. and it, it, it factors in the off tracks of the wet slap. And you know, Irish War Cry is at the top of that rating list, and there's another horse at thirty to one, the the Irap horse, who's number two, and then you have a few favorites in there. Classic Empire. yeah,
0: Irap yeah. is actually the horse that um uh, that David Levitch is an intern on. Okay. Uh, So he's been out in the backside. It's also Todd
1: Latcher horse with
0: IRAP. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. That's that's. I believe I saw him kind of hanging around that group. I may be completely wrong on that. Um, No, it's gonna be. You know, it's so interesting and um, sort of as you as you mentioned. I don't know. It seems like we're gonna have some kind of weather. Weather may not be a factor. I don't know, do you have any sort of, you know, you've mentioned, um, you mentioned Irish War Cry, are there any other kind of, you know, better price picks that, that you've had a look at? Yeah,
1: I, I do like I do like Irap a little bit, actually, Yeah, because um, he's one of the few, when you get past, you know, you get past the odds that are 20 to 1, 30 to 1, you're really looking for, for horses that have had some wins to the record um and he he won a pretty sizable stakes race i can't remember exactly what it was what the title of it was but he won a pretty sizable stake race and he's really the only horse i see past 20 to 1 that's that's won that race and um i don't think he's ran on a slop track so that that you know that that obviously changed anything but i just kind of yeah kind of have this a little bit of an intuition that you may find one that's off the grid particularly if it rains um Churchill Downs has always been pretty well at, at draining, um, and whatnot. Uh, I think last year it yeah rained. last year it
0: rained pretty hard right before the race, and, and there was no real change to the, to the track. Yeah, um, you mentioned Irap. Irap won the uh, Bluegrass Stakes. And, that's that's what one, it was. And and uh, second and third in that one were Practical Joke and McCracken. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I've kind you know I'm just you know I've been taking a look. I've been especially since the post the post draw today. Um, a few kind of, that kind of jump out. Gunavera jumps out to me. Great late mm-hmm. speed. If the pace is really hot, then it really bodes well for Gunna But just given the post positions, it sounds like it might not break that way. Um, hence has yeah. hence another one at, at, um, at 15 to one. Um, hence has the highest last, uh, last race speed rating. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously has you know, a triple digit speed score, you know, Pretty pretty good, pretty good on that sense, but doesn't you know doesn't have a lot of the class as some of the other horses do, and hasn't yeah. raced in forty one days.
1: One uh, thing that I've always done, um, particularly, I'm looking at it from this aspect that it's going to rain, um, and yeah. that may be the wrong way to do it because you know we're, we're still three days out, but right. that's that's the way I'm approaching this race now, and I've always looked at um, favorable speed horses because you want that horse that's that's. Seated towards the front, um, that doesn't have a lot of slop in their face, doesn't have really come back a lot of mud in their face, right. and so yeah, I mean, I I think that's a that's a great great one to look at. I think Irish War Cry has a pretty favorable speed rating, Classic Empire, you know, the typical favorites, but it, it just for whatever reason, don't really follow any logic. But I, I just have this intuition that you may find one that's kind of off the cups. And then maybe just because, uh, you know, I'm going to the, uh, the backside tomorrow, but there hasn't been a really a buzz horse. Right. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, completely you, agree.
1: You kind of get that every year, but I'm, I'm waiting. Um, and we haven't found that yet, so we yeah.
0: Shall see. And, and you know, this week, you know, I was I was trying to figure some things out. You know, pl- yeah, asked a few guys that I know that are kind of really plugged in. You know, who's the buzz horse? And they're like, there isn't one yet. <laughs> like, what do you mean? It's you know, it's Tuesday. There's always one horse that people are kind of whispering about. Um, it seemed McCracken a team for a bit might be that horse. Uh, yep. You know, having a favorable draw definitely helps that out. I wonder if if that's the vibe you'll kind of get tomorrow. Um, had some great workouts and is super comfortable at Churchill. Just in general, has won three sure. races there. Um, so it, it looks like that's a great option for, for you know. But of course, he, that's why he's the second favorite. You know, right. so it's not necessarily a buzz horse if you're getting at five to six to one. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think I think um, McCracken McCracken's a favorable choice, um, being being in the odds in the Churchill Downs, and I think that's something that's often really discounted um, when people people look at the Derby in particular. They look at it's weird because a lot of races uh, before the Derby, you look at the horses that have raced at Keeneland and they've raced at Churchill and they've had success, but for whatever reason. When people handicap the Derby, that gets thrown out, and I'm like, wait a second, you've got the biggest race, yeah. the most people around you. You yeah. kind of want a horse that feels, you know, reasonably comfortable in that position. So that's, a, you know, that's that's not a bad angle to take at, at all.
0: No, I completely agree. So uh, okay, let's say you've got, let's say you've got 20 bucks, and you're going to the window on Derby Day. You know, what kind of bets? What 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 what, you, what will you do under your head right now?
1: If I have twenty bucks, uh, I would probably take a rack and a wrap—not a wrap, but a, a rap <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and take ten dollars to win or place, um, and just going on the motion that there hasn't been a favorite win in four years. Not saying he's gonna win, but you know, second place you get twenty to twenty five to one odds yeah. um ten dollars on it no, that's, that's not, not a
0: b- bad that's way to go not a bad way to go in any way shape or form um
1: so i would probably take a favorite and, and spread it across the board and see what i could do and that's that's going if it's rain but if, if i want to look at a surefire favorite that I, I think will definitely hit the board i'm gonna go with iris work because i think he um I, I don't know that he may be the best horse but i think He's going to be the best-valued horse. Uh, I think if you can get him at six to one or, or lesser than that, you have a horse yeah. that's beat both of the favorites. Yep. Um, and you have a horse horse that's going to be forty place because he has pretty high speed figures. Maybe not. Maybe not first, but he's going to be pretty forwardly placed. No, if you you're have both absolutely of the, right. If you have both of those combinations, particularly in the slop, um, you know, I wouldn't be mad at it. So.
0: Yeah, it seems you know it. It, and he's got obviously great, you know, great bloodline. Um, it doesn't hurt when you're, when your three-year-old has three different, you know, triple digit buyer speed scores. You know, right. That, that's great. Um, that's, that's something you definitely love to see out of a horse you're picking in the Derby. I think, you know, um, for me, uh, the, the horse that I kind of I kind of have fallen in love with a little bit is always dreaming, and that's that's one I'll definitely be sure. looking for. Um, didn't get you know didn't get the best spot at the five, um, you know not terrible. I like you know Bodie Meister was a great was a great sire, a great horse. Um, didn't win the Derby, but ended up you know really spoiling things later on down in the um, in the Triple Crown. So that's that's a horse I'll be looking at. I do want to say, you know. It, it, just transitioning to the oaks a little bit Paradise woods looks to be kind of the overwhelming favorite absolutely I love, love paradise woods
1: it, and I, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off no, no, go bit, ahead. I haven't even looked at another horse besides Paradise Woods because I feel that confident.
0: No, Paris. I didn't, and I didn't even bring up the Oaks just because I, I was looking at you know at the the past performances, and there's it, it, it's really hard for me to buy into anyone else. And so my my point bringing this up is, you know, if you're there on Oaks Day, you know, play off play off Paradise Woods in that Oaks Derby Double. Mm-hmm. There's some really good opportunities there, and 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 I think in a lot of ways that might be a better bet for some people than than playing an Exacta. Um, you yep. know, or just on the Derby alone, if, if you want to play that daily double between those two races, th- there's some really good opportunities there, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think you'll see some pretty decently uh, – I have to look a little bit more at, at the board, but I think you'll see some pretty – interesting races on Derby day too um, yeah. with some with some reasonable horses some odor horses that you'll I mean you yeah. reckon has the names that'll that'll be a, a decent price yeah just, but Woodford
0: uh, obviously is the second biggest race it looks like wood uh, or excuse me world approval who's in the seven hole for that race is a really good opportunity um, Oscar nominated also in that race who was a Derby horse last year mm-hmm. um, uh, there's obviously a lot going on you know Derby day is always fun that's the best part about Derby days is – you know there's the huge Derby race, but there's all kinds of other fun. It's not like you're going on a random Saturday where seven <laughs> you know seven races are claiming or maidens and you just don't know <laughs> it's not really much to go on yeah off. yeah,
1: and that's that's a I mean that's a the whole other issue. I wish throughout the season there were some yeah. uh, some decent decent of those races no but, you're you know, right yeah that that's that's a whole other story
0: absolutely any last uh, any last advice for the listeners any uh, any any other tips or tricks you've got for uh, the windows this weekend
1: um, you know um, go with her good uh, I think that holds a little bit true more so than anything um, we can talk a lot about a handicapping but if you're gonna have a race where it's raining um, you're gonna have a race where the odds are kind of favoring you because there's not really a dominant horse go with your gut and this may this may be the year to even shield a little bit away from the exotics and, and take a little bit more of a sizable bet on a win place because it's not a bad way to go to put 40 dollars on a horse that's 20 to 1 and have them or place um yeah, you're going to be sending spending the same money on the exotics and you, you may win more um so uh, that might be my strategy which would go against the grain for a long time um because the last few years I've been pretty set on trifecta as an exact <laughs> as pretty sizable ones, but uh, I really truly may switch it up this year just because it's it was almost like college basketball this year. Um, there's not really a dominant dominant horse. There, there yeah. really isn't.
0: Yeah, yeah. And in, in both, you know, um, it, it, it's it, it really seems like this year you know obviously we've had a lot of you know we've had the last four years a favorite has won um, so will this be the year that that happens again or we finally kind of buck that trend I don't know mm-hmm. I hope I kind of hope that we do just because it's weird having the favorites win all the time when we were going yeah, up know, a, never happened
1: <laughs> a 50 to 1 man that bird shot wouldn't be a, a bad story
0: So no not in any way shape or form I'm sure a lot of people would be very pleased I wish I could give you who that horse was but <laughs> absolutely I knew <do> that right <laughs> Now, so. <laughs> but yeah, it was a real pleasure um, to have you on today, Chris. And uh, I'm—I hope some people use some of your advice, maybe some of my advice. Um, don't listen to my advice; listen to Chris. <laughs> I, I, I only just barely know how to read <laughs> the, the pps <pee-pees. laughs> I think that's both of us. So. <laughs> but uh, thank you for so much for joining me, Chris. And I really appreciate having you on. And I'm sure we'll have you on again sometime in the future.
1: For sure, man.
0: And thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back in two weeks uh, to talk probably some NBA playoffs. Uh, Keep it locked, and uh, we'll see you next time.